The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. We're joined by a longtime friend of the show, newest member of the Cincinnati Reds, Alex Young. AY, what's up, brother? How we doing? Just being a dad. Being a father, huh? I'll say this yeah. right off the bat. That is fucked up. You're wearing the college football playoff thing. You know, I'm a Michigan <laughs> fan. Uh, let's, let, let's clear the elephant in the room here. Uh, Roman Wilson was down. He wasn't down, right? He was in the end zone. Let's be clear here. Be unbiased. He, he he was in the end zone. From live, like when I was – because I was on that side. I was at the game, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a touchdown. And then people were, like, looking at the video screen, and they're like, dude, his, his butt's down. And the ball was still, like, juggling. And yeah. then there was this photo someone took that the ball was in his hands, and he was down, like, a half yard short. So I'm like – it's to me, it's still like 50 50. It's right there, though. I don't know. It's so hard. It's like real time. It's like touchdown. But you go back and you're like, did he have possession? So I don't know. It's a tough. Hey, listen, man. I mean, it's, it's the frogs on J- came out on top. It's on JJ McCarthy more for that dumb, whatever the fuck that handoff fumble was on the one. That was yeah. nightmare fuel. But let's go into that. So you. You was that like a plan? So if TCU was in, you were a hundred percent gonna go because you obviously went there and stuff like that, or was that like a last minute, like let's just go to this game type of thing? Because you're a dad now, so it's kind of hard to plan around that shit. Yeah, no, we. I think after we after TCU played Kansas State in the Big Twelve, I was like in the Big Twelve championship. I was like, I don't know if we're getting in, and so I was like, you know, maybe I buy tickets beforehand. So when we got in, it was kind of like. We, we knew before that we wanted to go. So when we for sure were in, we're like, we're going. So and then it was just, you know, getting tickets and kind of getting everything else. And I think at that point, we were just like, when we played Michigan, we didn't know, like, we didn't know if we were going to beat them. And then I think when we did, we we're like, dude, we got to go to the Natty. You can't miss that. I mean, like, I don't know what's going to happen again. So. Yeah, and that it, was might, it, it, uh, it might never happen again after that national yeah. championship performance. You were you were there yeah. for that? Yeah, I was. How embarrassed? So, what was like the? You were obviously with the TCU section and stuff like that. How embarrassed were like? Did you leave at one point because it was like it was like 
a 40 point lead at one point. So I'm assuming like, it's like, why am I still here? Yeah. I felt good. Obviously I'm going to be honest from the, the minute I walked in that stadium, I felt great. The minute that first ball was snapped, how loud it was in that stadium. It was so loud. And I'm like, and we had a false start and I go, dude, this is <laughs> not it. I go, we're screwed. And I was like, and then the second play happened and then it just kind of kept going downhill. And I'm like, even if we score, like when we score that touchdown, I was like, there's nothing Georgia can do, like can't do. Like we were, we were just going to, they were going to stop us like at will every time. So we left in the third quarter or I think it was like late third quarter, fourth, just because of the rain, how the rain, how bad it was. Yeah. And, you know, getting Ubers was just kind of nightmare. It was outrageous. I mean, we we stayed like right next to the airport. So, you know, we, I figured, you know, it wouldn't be that bad, and it still took over an hour. Yeah, so, that is just absolutely insane. But I want so, to talk – yeah. yeah. It, 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 listen, you guys deserve to be there. It pisses me off. People are like, this is what yeah. they chose. This is that. Like, you beat Michigan at the end of the day, man. The yeah. team that, like yeah. – like, if you don't – if you think they shouldn't have been there, you're just a fucking moron. Like, that's my thought yeah. process on it. Like, they, the committee didn't get it wrong. It's just Michigan played like shit. No. Like, that's – Yeah, I mean, I think that – you know, maybe TCU just thought winning, beating Michigan was like winning the national championship. And Which it might have been for that. I mean, yeah. that's like a massive yeah. stepping stone. I mean, right? it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the whole season, I you can't take anything away from what happened. I mean, it was just an incredible season. And, you know, it'd be cool if they could go back to it next year. I mean, it's in Houston. So it'd be a little less traveling for, for everyone. Yeah, that is true. But I wanted to go into some of the TCU guys you played with because there's one guy that's kind of like flying up, and he's going to be a teammate of yours with the Reds, Nick Lodolo. Do you have any familiarity with him, or have you talked to him, or have you seen him pitch? Because this dude is an absolute fucking stud. Yeah, he. I work out with him, so I see. Oh, him tell him to come basis. on the pod. Stop yeah. ducking me. I will, like eighty I will. times. I will. I'll let him know that. Um, <laughs> no, he's he's just a goober. He's just a big goober. Uh, he's a funny dude. He just kind of goes out. He's just so got. He just has unbelievable t- talent. Like he can just go out there and just throw seven shutty. Um, everything is there. His fastball, his slider, change up. I mean, he's got it all. The lengthy, lanky arms. He's got it all. He's disgusting. He is so yeah. goddamn good, dude. I watched him pitch. I think it was the field of dream games, right? I think he started that yeah. game and I was like, this dude is an absolute stud. But another guy that went there that was kind of been vocal on social media with TCU and stuff like that is Matt Carpenter. Uh, did you guys like interact with like that? Cause obviously you were a second, you were a second rounder out of there. So pretty, pretty popular alumni. You, you are there. So was, was Matt Carpenter like familiar with you or have you guys ever interacted? Yeah, we, we, same thing. We, um, the minute I got drafted, um, I knew Carp, or actually the year before that um, when he came and talked to our team. But same thing, we just work out together. Um, this year we're not. He's at a different facility. But, yeah, I mean, I see him all the time, though. I mean, he lives in Fort Worth, so he's always there. Um, you know, he's at all the sporting events. Um, so, yeah, I see him. And, like, he, we throw at TCU. Um, he hits there, so I see him all the time. Who's the GOAT? Like, who's the TCU GOAT baseball player? Like, the Ooh. greatest that ever went there, you think? Greatest? Yeah. I'd say Preston Morrison. 
I couldn't even tell you who that is. I'm a big exactly. Who, who is Look that? Him up. He's one, he's the best. I I think he's probably top five college pitcher of all time. I w- I uh, honestly thought he would say Brandon Finnegan. I mean, this dude is disgusting. Well, yeah, I mean, like Finney, like you know what he did, but you look up Preston Morrison's college stats. Preston is by far one of the best college pitchers. And this dude, we were in the Super Regionals my junior year. This dude, uh, I think he went nine and two thirds, scoreless, or maybe gave up one run, and we lost the game two to one. <laughs> it was incredible. Like this dude just pitched lights out, and like. You knew, like, he pitched Friday nights. You knew that when this dude pitched, it was a win. Like, we knew we won that game already. Like, that's how gross he was. He was like a sidearm dude through, like, 83, 84, and he just dominated anyone. It didn't matter who you were. And he got drafted um, by the Cubs and made up to AAA. I don't know. I thought he should have – he's almost like a Kyle Hendricks. Dude, so that, that stat line is just absurd. But I, yeah. So let's talk about a little bit of the rivalry because a funny story. So I was at the uh, Vegas Golden Knights game, and uh, a couple weeks ago when I went to go visit Vegas, and uh, there was a fan in like a full University of Texas jumpsuit, which I don't know uh, why he was there, but I did the horns down to him, and he just kept death staring me, flipping me off, telling me he's gonna fucking kill me. What's the rivalry like between TCU and Texas? Like, is it that wild? Because, I mean, you guys have kind of dominated, like, especially last yeah. year with football. It's kind of like, how is there a rivalry there? I think – I wouldn't say – I mean, yeah, it's just kind of – you know, we played Texas. We're, like, the smaller school, and we just beat up on them. I think there's more of a rivalry rivalry with uh, Baylor, probably. I think yeah. that just because it's closer and – I think it's kind of been that way. No one really likes Baylor. I hate Baylor. Um, same with the A&M, but I think it would go Baylor, Texas, maybe Tech and A&M are tied for third. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you throw the horns down, people will I – There's mean, such like losers about it, man. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Like, yeah. And there, well, I, I'd say I say this, and I my, my buddy, I got to find it. It's so funny. People are like – you know, I root for TCU because I went to TCU. It's like you root for Texas because you bought a shirt at Walmart. <laughs> the Texas like, fans are you... the worst. They, yeah. They so. really – it just – there's such a like a naive – I don't know, whatever. I mean, we've had a lot of Tech University Texas Longhorn fan, uh, players on here, but it's the fans that really just piss me off. But yeah. it is wild. So, I wanted – so, let's go into last year, man. So, obviously, you like bounced around a little bit, but you kind of found – or not really bounced around. You put on two teams, but – Let's talk about that tenure with the Giants, man. I mean, holy fuck, AY. I mean, you really came into your own there. What was going right for there? Was it the pitching coach? Like, what what felt right for you? Because two three nine ERA lefty out of the bullpen. I mean, fucking hell. Like that. That's all time. Like that's that's probably that's the best numbers you've had in a while, right? So yeah. Um, I mean, it started with uh, Cleveland uh, when I went over there. The start of last year, like they just got me right. I think it was just kind of clean slate, like, all right, let's just, you know, see what we can do with this. And I had a good season, got called up um, for, I think, two days with Cleveland. And then they DFA'd me a week later. They needed a starter. Yeah. And ended up getting traded to the Giants. Um, Was in AAA for about a week or so. And then got called up to San Fran and was there the rest of the year. And for me, like, it was the, the pitching coaches and I think the people around 
on the team and just the vibe, like the people that were there just, I don't know. They, they just knew, you know, the right things to do. And I just kind of was a sponge with a lot of it and it helped me a lot. And um, I don't know. I had a, I had a fun ass time being there and it was a great group of guys. I mean, being, hey, being my, around my boys over there, one a good friend of the podcast, Logan Webb. I heard that guy I is love just an all time fucking locker room guy. That guy's <laughs> yeah. all time. Webby, Webby's one of a kind. He's awesome. I love Webby. Um, there's some good dudes on that team. There's it's a solid group. I mean, a lot of vets, a lot of younger guys, just kind of a mix of everything. And yeah. I thought, I thought we 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 were like. I can't remember how many games we were out. We were like so close to making it, but we just went on a couple bad skids in the two months I was there that kind of hurt it. But um, I don't know. It would have been cool. I kind of wish, you know, it would be cool to go back there. Um, but I'm excited to be with the Reds, dude. There's so many, there's so many guys on that team that I know. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good opportunity, man. But like that Giants team, I mean, we're talking here. You like, you really turned into like kind of a high leverage guy there. I mean, after that little stretch you had, I mean, they're throwing you against the Dodgers, the Brewers, like in high leverage situations. So what was that like for you to kind of get that confidence back where you're playing in the show and you're going up against big dogs on the other team and you're like pitching consistently for a team that's like contending for a playoff spot? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like it was – when I was with Arizona, I was put into all these high leverage situations and, you know, sometimes I just didn't, it didn't go my way. And I think whenever I got DFA'd by the D-backs and then came over to Cleveland and then didn't really know where, you know, what was going to happen. And then I got DFA in the off season. I think for me, like, I was like, I got nothing to lose. You know, I, yeah. I basically have to, if for me, it was almost like starting all over. So and then it was just kind of tweaking some things. And then coming over to, you know, San Fran, we kind of refined some stuff. And, you know, they just put me in, uh, you know, matchup situations. And the more I kept pitching, the more, you know, I was having good results. Uh, Cap just trusted me in those situations and just kind of made the most of it. So yeah, that team was spe- so explain because obviously, like you said, I mean, you're used to um like i guess you're used to playing for the diamondbacks where there's not a lot of high leverage situations the team wasn't good and then you go to cleveland you pitch point one innings and then you're kind of thrown into like a contending team but i want you to describe what is it like like what was it like pitching for that giants dodgers rivalry because it, it, it's you could maybe argue yeah. it's like the biggest rivalry in baseball besides like yankee i mean yankees red sauce kind of died down but like Dodgers Padres I guess is a bigger one but the Giants and Dodgers yeah. rivalry is big oh it's huge yeah and I remember I think it was our last series against the Dodgers that place was packed uh with Giants and Dodgers fans and I didn't I guess I didn't really know how big it was just because like obviously like when I was with the Dimebacks like and we'd be playing at Chase Field I mean the yeah. whole place was just Dodgers fans so yeah, exactly, it really wasn't a exactly. rivalry um yeah so it was it was cool it made the games a lot more intense um but the stretch that we play the Dodgers they just beat up on us they were just that I don't know like it's just it was it was cool to see the who is it the Padres beat them in the playoffs 
Yeah. Um, just because I, I mean, I thought the Padres were just as good too. I just, obviously the Dodgers just, you know, you go one through nine, every single dude on that team is a dude. So, um, but like, I, like for me, like facing like, you know, like Freddie Freeman or Muncy or Turner or, or Mookie or any of those guys, it was like, dude, I got nothing to lose. Like, I don't, so like for me, like I didn't really try to put pressure on myself facing some of those guys, and I've and I've faced them before too. So I kind of knew I had what you know what game plan I could use against them. But some of them have my number. So yeah, no, it's just it, it's a, I mean it's a it's a sick opportunity because I mean you're playing for yeah, a team is. like you you I mean you're throwing against like Freddie Freeman and all those type of stuff. Who was? Have you faced a guy throughout your career where you're like not starstruck, but you're like, I can't believe I'm here right now facing blank, or I can't believe I'm in the major leagues facing blank in front of like fifty thousand people right now? Dude, Albert Pulos. I mean, when I faced him last or two years ago in twenty one, um, I got him out a couple times, and I I asked him to sign a jersey because I was like, all right, you know. Maybe he'll sign it for me. He did. And then every single time after that, he would head nod. And I was like, this is sick. And then I remember the first time he did it, it was Father's Day, actually. It was – I started that game. It was like my second start that year. And I threw a fastball that just cut in, completely cut down. And I, I probably was tipping pitches at that point because this dude just golfed this thing out. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. I'm like, I mean – that's, That's kind of cool, though, giving up a nuke yeah. to Albert Pujols. Yeah, and I was like, well, it happened twice because then I threw a change up. It was like, I think a month later, it was at their place and uh, threw a change up, kind of stayed up, and he just fucking destroyed it. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? At least, at least I'm contributing to you know history right here. So exactly, tip your cap. That's one way I look. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so. No, he it's special what he's done man but like yeah, so dude. you mentioned the tipping pitches aspect is that what like the guardians or the giants told you what was going wrong early on in your career like you would be your glove the way your glove was set up maybe <clears throat> or the way you would release stuff or like what was what did they specifically tell you was going wrong for you earlier in your career uh for me i think it was just mechanically and then it was like my glove like how i had my glove and certain pitches and um I don't know certain teams like the Dodgers like they they can they can get anything on you uh you know just because like they have so many more people uh in their department where they they have like probably like five or six guys where like we're gonna go you know see if they're tipping I mean with the Giants too um we had my bullpen catcher and then we had two of my coaches were like hey you, you might be tipping here it's not like saying like, hey, they have it, but like, hey, yeah. this could be a fix. So for me, like I was like, OK, like and it was just something that I would just, you know, be aware of if I was out there and, you know, fixing it in between games. So which was yeah. nice. The best way to learn a language immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. No, I mean, like, these numbers are crazy. I mean, I, you want a full month, like, and this is just like a, like, this is just like a, like a, uh, just a fan question. When you're carving like that, in the big leagues, right? Like you had a one six nine ERA in September. Are you kind of taking a step back and being like, "Holy fuck, I'm nasty right now"? Like, did did that ever like cross your mind during that run, or how comfortable did you feel? I mean, dude, you had in the entire month of September for the Giants, you had a one six nine ERA. So that's gonna play. Yeah. I mean, that's wild. So yeah. did you ever take a step back and be like, "I can't believe this shit's happening. I'm kind of a dog right now." I mean. Yes and no. It, it made me feel good that, you know, I was an option. Like I was a high leverage option in the bullpen uh, for cap. And, but I mean, it made me feel good because of how my career has gone. It's gone, you know, up and down. Yeah. So for me, I was like, all right. And it, I mean, I added two pitches as well. Um, I changed up my, my sinker to um, a seam shifted sinker. And then I, bang the cutter and added a slider to have more depth to it. And, but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to have like an edge where you're like, yeah, man, like I feel fucking great right now. Where was so. the be- what, So what was the game last year in your mind that you felt the fucking best where your shit is just falling off tables. Hitters are like looking kind of foolish in the batter's box. Is there one game or obviously it's one September, but is there one specific game that you played last year where you're just like, this is the best I've felt in like a really long period of time? Yeah, I'm trying to think right now. There's two that come to mind. Probably one of them was this. This didn't start off well. We were playing the Tigers and I gave up two singles to the first two dudes. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, come on, man. Oh, <laughs> Two dudes on, no one out. And I'm like, ugh. Punched out the next three. Yeah, I'm looking just, at that right just, now. That is ridiculous. I was just – I just went slider. I just went a couple fastballs, but just slider heavy. Um, So I was like, all right, like, kid, you know, fuck yeah, dude. And then the other one was against Colorado. Um, I just – everything, like, fastball change up, slide – like, everything just felt like – I was like – Nothing. I don't know. Like everything, anything he put down, the catcher put down. I was like, I feel confident in throwing right now. That's so, so electric. That is um, so electric. Yeah. The, the, the worst one was probably the Brewers because I had to basically spot start for an inning. I was only supposed to go an inning and it just was disastrous. And I was like, Oh my God. And I, it just went, yeah, it was, those are, those are the ones that are tough. It's like, you have like a couple good outings and then you have a really shitty one and you're like, dude, that's baseball though, bro. I know that happens right there. I know that's where it's like, okay, it's all right. 
you just got to bounce back. So, yeah. Um, but it just sucked because it was like the day before my birthday. And I'm like, oh, that's nightmare. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, nightmare. Yeah. that's a nightmare. So what is it like? Because obviously uh, we've never had a teammate of that played with Webb on this podcast. I mean, Tyler Beatty kind of, but like they didn't play together for a long period of time. But yeah, what what what's it like seeing Webby go about it day in and day out? I mean, Dude. he he is he's 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 a specimen he's gonna be a free he's gonna be a freak for a really long period of time so yeah what's it like just watching it up close seeing what he does is he one of those guys that doesn't give a fuck and he's just good or what, like where he does doesn't really like train he's, he's kind of he, no he he does all his stuff like he does all his stuff but he's just kind of one of those guys who just just like nonchalant like he just goes <laughs> about his business and it's just like dude this guy he just goes up there and just shoves and but like he obviously um, you know, puts all the work in and he does all, you know, everything he needs to do. But yeah, dude, he's, he's one of a kind. He's just a good dude to talk to. Like he'll, he's starting that day. He's just like talking to people and he's just <laughs> hanging out. Like he's, he's just a chill dude. So um, yeah, it's he, just cool to time. see someone like that. Yeah. It's just cool to see. What he also like said that. on it's this like, podcast, what he talked about is he, after he starts every single start, he'll, he'll go out for beers with the boys after a good start or something like that. He's just like, he's a guy where it's like, he knows that how hard it is to make the show. So he'll enjoy it while yeah. he's up there. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, every win is super hard in the big leagues. So um, yeah, he's the, he would always play music on the bus and so like you knew his mood if you know it was going good he'd be blaring music you know some good music if it was a if it was a bad day he'd be putting some sobs on there <laughs> what was it like but, uh so I, i'm a massive jays fan obviously what's brandon belt like is he like an ultimate locker room guy or was he around that much when you were there or? he he was kind of around he had gotten surgery um maybe like a month after i'd been there but yeah he was he wasn't around that much. Um, but I mean, every time I talked to him, he was just same, just kind of easygoing guy. Pretty funny too. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's called the captain, right? He wears the captain. Yeah. Feel there. yeah. <laughs> like that. I think that so, happened the year before I got there. That's so goddamn electric. So let's yeah. go into the, I mean, the new team now. So obviously this off season, you were a free agent. You chose to sign with the Reds. Was there like a pretty decent amount of teams knocking just based off of that last year and stuff like that? I mean, a lot of the analytic numbers, I'm sure, were great for you as well. So, yeah. was there like a decent amount of teams knocking? Yeah, there's a good amount. Um, which, I mean, for me, like that was exciting, and it just came down to, you know, the best opportunity and kind of, you know, what fits. So, and, you know, I had a lot of guys, I had a lot of friends on this team as well, and coaches. Um, so I just was like, you know, I think this is going to be the best fit and best opportunity for me. Yeah, I mean, like, so obviously they're they you have the best chance to make like to be on an everyday show roster and stuff like that. Um, next year coming up and stuff like that. But was there other options of like like really big high leverage contending teams where you were like I could give this a chance, or were you was it always the Cincinnati Reds for you? Uh, there was a couple other that called, um, but. I mean, like, I didn't – they were kind of, you know, hey, just kind of, like, not as bigger deals. So, this yeah. one, I think, kind of worked out and all. I mean, they were the ones who kept calling, and I, I felt – I was kind of excited about that. And, um, you know, and I, I really like Skyline it, Chili. 
Yeah. Oh fuck, I hate Skyline Chili. <laughs> but yeah. so you're uh you're originally from Ohio, obviously. So like, yeah. is is just the the factor of you being like so close to like you're obviously not so close, but like near your family and stuff like that played a massive factor as well. But I just will warn you. I mean, the April and like September games there are going to be fucking nightmare. How cold uh, it is. No. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, my whole dad's side's from Ohio, and I like I grew up in the Chicago area, so like that's super close to, and, you know, Chicago is in that division. And, um, I mean, even the Brewers is right there, but I mean, Chicago is one of the teams that called too. um, it just wasn't, I think they were looking for something bigger and I just wasn't, you know, in that, I guess what they wanted. So, yeah, no, that um, makes sense. I mean, it's, but, it's the best, this is the best team for yeah. you to play for, obviously. I mean, yeah. they're going to give you and, the biggest chance. Yeah, so I'm excited for it. Um, I know my my grandparents are fired up about it because then they can go see more games now. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's who's one guy you're excited about? Are you excited to like pick the brain of like Votto? And because we had a because Amir Garrett's <laughs> Amir Garrett's like a really good friend of mine, so he he always talks about how good of a guy Votto is, how good of a teammate. He I'm is. excited. You, I'm yeah. excited. He's I'm really excited. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's a bunch of dudes on that team. Like I know Dolo, uh, Weaver, obviously playing with him in Arizona. Uh, Ian Jabot, I played with him last year. I love that guy. Um, there's uh, Brandon Williamson. He's another TCU guy. Uh, TJ Antone. He, I went to school. That's with him a bad for name on this podcast. We don't we don't talk oh, about we don't TJ talk about Antone. him. Okay, he's a All clown. Right, That's fine. That's he's a that's a no, bad name TJ. on this podcast. He uh <laughs> yeah, he, he big leagued me for a while and I told him oh, that he's man. a clown. And then um he DM'd me saying stop talking shit to my teammates and I said stop being a fucking coward <laughs> running away from this podcast. And then he blocked me before Oh my god. Yeah, he's just a clown <laughs> show, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he's just like dead to this yeah. podcast. It's a bad name. But yeah, dude, but another thing like that. That park is like hitter friendly though. Is that one thing that also yeah. factored into your decision? It's like, oh fuck. Uh not really. I mean, I was talking to the pitching coach on like, you know, how they pitch there and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, pitched in a lot of, you know, hitter friendly parks. So and I remember I mean, looking Diamondbacks at, isn't that's for sure. That field's a graveyard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, not really. It didn't really factor in. I mean, obviously, you know, the ball does carry there. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, still got to go out there and do it. So what? how awkward is that discussion? Like, so when you you pitch like an inning for – or not even an inning, it was a point one for the Guardians, right? Like, how awkward was that discussion where, I mean, obviously you pitched well – was it just like we're gonna have to DF? Like, how did how do they talk? Like, how do they talk you to that? Like, talk you into, or I guess tell you they're DFAing you after you. I mean, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, how awkward is yeah. that conversation? Well, yeah, it was it was a weird one because I I was the odd man out. I remember I think it was someone Savali I think got hurt and they needed a starter and I don't think they were ready to call up. And he, I mean, like, I was the oldest guy on the – I was in AAA at the time. I was the oldest guy on that team. Yeah. Um, everyone else was, like, super young, and they – I don't think they wanted to start anyone's clock yet, and they wanted – and it just so happened that the guy, Kirk McCarty, the guy that – Kirk got DFA'd for me. I got selected, 
And then Kirk got DFA'd like a week and a half later. And I got DFA'd for him and he got claimed back. So it was like, um, it was super weird. But anyway, so he, they call me, they're like, hey man, like, you know, we normally tell someone that we're going to DFA them when they <laughs> suck. He's like, you've been pitching well. He's like, they're, you're just kind of the odd man out. Like, you know, it's just, we need starters. And then I was like, it just sucked. And I was, I remember I was at dinner with my family and it was the all-star break anyway. And we were leaving in like two days and they, had, they pitched me on purpose that day. And I, I didn't, I kind of had this feeling. I was like, why am I pitching? Like I just pitched. And I was like, ah, and I saw that someone got hurt. I'm like, dude, something's happening. You just kind of have that feeling. And at that point I was like, you know, been through this and not, you know, whatever. So I was like, you know, I, I felt confident that someone was going to, you know, at least pick me up off waivers, but to get traded like that, I don't know. That was for me. Like, I was like, you know, that meant, that meant something to me that a team wanted me more than just claiming me. So. Yeah. I, but the, it was a good situation, man. At least you got to say you got to play for yeah. like, Ohio, like the guardian stuff like that. Oh and, yeah. I mean, I pitched for him last year. I mean, it didn't go as well as I wanted to. There's a couple of good games actually. Um, but even when I came over there last year, it was still like, kind of like, what's going on right now? Like, I'm, I was still trying to like figure it out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this year has definitely been like, uh, very good for me. Resurgence, the AY was, yeah. resurgence, the yeah. AY resurgence. Yeah, we're back. It, it, you're back all the way back. But I just, um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to discuss like. Because obviously you've got the chance to play with a lot of like high profile guys and all that type of stuff. So who's like the craziest guy you've played with with like fan reception where they like can't be left alone, where they like autograph wise or like they can't go out in public or just stuff like that? Oh, man. Like just like popular or yeah. just someone yeah. who's like a loose cannon. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say a dude who like would I you, I don't know if you would know this name Ryan Ryan Bookter lefty no, no kind of been around the block that dude is one of a kind and he knows everyone and he is so he was probably like one of my favorite teammates to be around like he was awesome and that dude has stupid numbers in the league he has like he's been in the he was in the league for like six or seven years and he had like a two nine out of the bullpen a lefty reliever like just that is, shoved that is fucked. yeah but like he was just an under the radar guy but like he knew everyone dude it was so it, i don't know he was so cool to be around and some of the stories you would tell and like i don't know he was he was just hilarious but he in the bullpen he would just start he would just start talking shit to fans like fans he would egg them on and then he'd be like, all right, get this guy kicked out of here. Like, he would just, like, egg him on to the point where it's like, he'd get people kicked out. Like, <laughs> it was it was kind of funny to watch. But That is absolutely um, fucked. I'm trying to think of a guy. Because you played with some popular players. Yeah. I mean, you played with, like, I mean, Brandon Crawford's probably one that comes to, comes to your mind. Uh, you played with tons of guys and um, a decent amount of guys. Like J-Ram in Cleveland. Like, who's one yeah. guy that's, like, a really high-profile dude you played with? Um, I mean, like, just being around, like, probably, yeah, maybe, like, honestly, Bumgarner. That's a dude who 
that guy didn't give a shit. Like he didn't, he wouldn't sign for anyone. He wouldn't, he was just, but to us, like he was such a nice guy and like, he was super funny. Like he'll, he'll mess with people, but like, dude, he, he just like, he would lay low as much as possible just to avoid anything. And is, it was just, I actually, I actually came across uh, him. I went to go to Cincy to visit Hager and Luplo and uh, he walked past me like he just wears like generic clothes, like has his head yeah, down, he does. doesn't want to be yeah. bothered by anyone. No, yeah. He just kind of, you know, does what he needs to do out there and just kind of, that's kind of it. And all he wants to do is just go back to his farm in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all he wants to do so, is play yeah. baseball and do that. It's yeah. electric. Yeah. It's electric shit. So a couple more things. So second last thing I want to talk about is um, obviously going into next year, just the momentum and stuff like that. Are you what like what did the pitching coach for the Reds tell you they want to use you to specifically work on or like what's some like a, the mindset you're going into next year? Like do you are are you working towards being like that setup guy for the Reds or like where do they have you? Um I I haven't really got into that with them. It was more of like hey, this was actually like I'd only talked to the pitching coach DJ on the phone before I signed there. And it was like kind of asking questions like, you know, what do you guys do? You know, how do you like, what do you look for? Like, just kind of like little questions like that. And, you know, how do you operate? And he was just kind of telling me, you know, just a bunch of little things like whiff rates and, um, you know, hey, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to like overpower you with like what I think. But he's like, it's suggestions and, you, you know, you can take them how you want. Um, just kind of that stuff but there wasn't really any talks of like you know roles or anything it's you know it was like hey we're super excited to see you throw in spring so i think that was kind of it and then kind of see where that goes from there yeah so what the spring training and stuff like that are i'm assuming you're leaving soon right yeah i'm leaving uh what's today the 25th i'm leaving on the 12th or 13th i think Okay. Yeah, that's gonna so. be sick, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm pumped for you, man. It's it's a, it's a massive opportunity, obviously, especially playing for a, like a close to where you grew up and close to like where your family is, stuff like that. It's gonna be sick. So, I mean, just keep doing your thing, man. This is gonna be it, it, it's a massive opportunity, just especially playing for a team where it's like there's a lot of holes and there's a lot of like gaps to fill yeah. and stuff like that. It's gonna be sick. So, and that stadium, by the way, is beautiful, man. That, oh, I love it. It's dude, so nice. It is. It is yeah. insane. Like, yeah, it is so beautiful, dude. Like, I think it's one of the best parks and our most underrated fields. I'm not call it the best, yeah. but one of the most underrated fields in baseball. So it's, it's gonna be so it, nice. it's gonna be yeah. awesome for you. And uh, I'm pumped for you, man. Keep doing your thing and tell Lodolo to to DM me or answer a DM. <laughs> well. Maybe maybe throw him my number because you have my number. But uh, the yeah. jersey, the Alex Young jersey, still retired here. And uh, keep doing your thing, brother. I'm pumped for you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.